Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Back together again, although this time on different teams. Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan with a hug. There was some back and forth last week about the way things ended. That's Brock Purdy. That's that's not Kyle Shanahan. That's Brock Purdy. Oh, it's Purdy. Purdy. That's not Shanahan. Okay. Well, yeah. Sorry. Good call, Chris. I know my friend. I know my friend and what he looks like. You know. So yeah, he didn't have brown hair. Exactly. He's got some gray gray hair dyed black. (laughs) Right. Got gray hair dyed black. (laughs) I don't know about Um, that. (laughs) So they didn't hug. So that's the headline. Garoppolo snubs Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> you should write uh, that to that. That's the annoying headline. Write that to love that. Yeah, you should do send that. Send it to Kyle. <laughs> text it to him. I'll send it to you and you can text it to him. Okay. So there, there was some awkward back and forth last week between Garoppolo and Shanahan. And uh, Garoppolo, I guess, was, was uh, stung by Shanahan's comment to the media that he didn't see any scenario where Garoppolo would be back with the 49ers. I don't know why Garoppolo would be stung by that. We all knew that. We all knew it was over. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That maybe when you're in the middle of it, you don't see it the way that people do on the outside. You have a greater clarity when you're not caught up in it. But we all knew it was done. We all knew it was over. There was no way Garoppolo was coming back to the 49ers. They found their guy in Brock Purdy. Yeah. I I mean, I was kind of shocked to think that, you know, he even had that thought percolating in his brain that way. It was kind of, yeah, fairly obvious. We know that. And kind of been obvious for I, I feel like quite some time that there was you know a change being or trying to be made there as far as all the way back to drafting Trey Lance has been the start of a plan to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo so I certainly don't know what he was expecting there and you're right I guess maybe he thought with Purdy and the elbow that they would think about bringing him back for one more run uh, I, I'm guessing that's what he thought and maybe he was just surprised it was such a you know close and shut case right off the bat like that? I guess there's a diplomatic way to do it where you leave the door open for him to be the backup, knowing slash hoping that someone else is going to offer him more money to be their starter like the Raiders did. So there is a way, and maybe this is the lesson to be learned, 
both directly by Shanahan and indirectly by anybody else who's just like using this vicariously. But you, you, you don't have to slam the door in the guy's face if it's clear that he's not going to be the starter and the offer is going to reflect that. He's going to go somewhere else anyway. You don't need to kick him out the door when he's going to walk out the door. So there is a certain level of, I don't know that respect is the right word, but there's a graceful way to yeah, separate. I got you. That doesn't entail saying, yeah, okay, we're done with that guy. Sorry. Yeah, I hear he, you. No, we're, no, we're done with him. Well, yeah. Well, somebody else is going to get started with him, so it doesn't matter if you're done with him. And that's exactly what happened with the Raiders. Of course, they didn't play him on on uh, Sunday uh, against the 49ers because they're still, you know, working him toward getting ready to go for week one. Yeah. But Trey Lance did play and Brock Purdy didn't play either because he's still recovering from that elbow and they say everything's great, but you know, they're, they're keeping him under wraps as well because they need him to be ready to go. Lance played the first half. Uh, there were three straight three and out drives to get it started before things settled down. Let's hear Kyle Shanahan from after the game talking about Trey Lance's performance. I mean, it got off to a rough start for everybody. I mean, when three, three and outs for the whole um, offense the first three times. So I don't put that all in Trey by any means. Um, I thought the whole offense was sloppy to start. I thought he had a real good um, second drive leading there on the score. Um, made a hell of a play on the touchdown. I know it was almost a hell of a play for them with the pick, but that, that was the last guy on a boo leg. Um, it flashed, and he put it on him, and that guy came in and tipped and made a good play. But fortunately, Dwelly was there. Um, wish we got that short yardage so we could finish that drive. Uh, it was hard to not put him in in the third. You know, he was talking about the touchdown drive, the fourth drive of the game. And that one got rolling because right out of the gates, it was one of those Kyle Shanahan runs where a uh, receiver in the backfield, Ronnie Bell, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, number 10. He, you know, they had this thing that was going in different directions. Just the classic Shanahan knows how to draw up a play where you're going to get they wanted that first down. Let's just go, let's call a run play that's going to get us a first down. We need a first down, and that's what ignited that drive. But at the very end, the he he Kyle being far more tactful than he was when he slammed the door in Garoppolo's face. That was as Rich Gannon said on the broadcast: bad decision, bad throw, touchdown from Trey Lance. Yeah, it wasn't some little fluky thing. He threw it right to the guy. Yeah, no. And the guy just not just dropped it, he batted it into the air so Ross Dwelly could catch it. At first, I thought Conley at the back of the end zone made the catch. It's Dwelly because the the defensive back, after he fails to catch it, proving why he plays defense. That's right. He, he volleyballed it right to Ross Dwelly. I, I, it was it was really unbelievable. I, I I was watching it live, right? You know uh, when it happened. It was one of those where it was like, wait, where the hell did the ball go? And all of a sudden, you saw the 49ers like celebrating. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, somebody caught the ball. Uh, but yeah, you know, that was certainly lucky. There's no doubt about that. You know, throwing it late back across your body down the middle of the field that way and not seeing the backside defender, that, that's not exactly going to get him in the trust tree. Had another ball intercepted a little, or should have been intercepted a little later on, right? Uh, that hit, hit a Raiders guy right in the chest. Overall, though, there was positives there with Trey Lance. There was. Trey Lance looked different as far as confidence and decision-making. And like we talked about with Malik Willis a little bit, he cleaned up some things with his motion. I mean, his motion, he used to let his arm get down to his knee. 
And he used to do this bob as he would get ready to throw and then throw it. He doesn't do that anymore. There were some things there to like for sure. Um, so it wasn't all good. The first sack he took, Mike, I, I know you saw that. He probably had a guy to the left for the first down, but he didn't, you know, just, I don't know. He didn't see it clearly. He didn't trust himself just to jam it on the receiver. You know, so it, it's, it's again, it's still a work in progress, but I think it's a good start for him in the preseason. It's a good positive, you know, some good positive reps that he'll be able to build on. Now, look, he's not battling for a spot on the roster because they will keep three quarterbacks. They need to keep three quarterbacks. Last year, they got down to QB3, and QB3 worked out for them. But when you see that first unofficial depth chart that all the coaches like to downplay, and it has Lance or Sam Darnold at number two, that means Lance is in a fight to be number two with the newcomer. Lance entering year three with everything they gave up to get him, he still potentially will be the third quarterback on the depth chart. A lot of it depends upon what Sam Darnold does. He handled three drives in his preseason debut with the 49ers, completing five of eight passes for 84 yards. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan about what Darnold, the guy that he kind of compared to Steve Young in a roundabout way not that long ago. Here's what Shanahan had to say about Darnold's debut. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. I mean, coming in the second half and here and there with twos slash threes on the whole line. Um, same with, you know, the receivers and everything. So, um, you know, we wanted to be careful with Sam for that reason, but we also wanted him to play too. Um, so it was nice to be able to get Trey the whole first half, get Sam a little bit, and um, hopefully Sam will get a little bit more time next week. Yeah, he's still just in the way he talks about him. He's, you know, Chris, and, and maybe I'm I'm influenced by your assessment that Shanahan has always loved Sam Darnold. Yeah. But I feel like he wants to kind of speak it into existence where Darnold becomes the guy that he entrusts with the number two job on the depth chart. And I, I 49ers so. fans, I feel certain you. 49ers fans lose their minds when we say that. But I, number one, I don't know what's so controversial about it. And number two, that seems to be what the coach wants. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and, and you know, the, the guy that we're talking about where I know it can be shocking to 49ers fan base there. Yeah, he's the third pick of the draft and you traded around first uh, first round picks to get him and all that. But it, it hasn't worked and it's been injuries and he was a guy that was raw already. And, you know, it, it's like, hey, do I want to just hand the keys to the car to my Super Bowl caliber team to that guy? Right. Who we're just not sure where the ball go, if we'll make the right decision if they'll throw it into someone's chest like we saw at the end of the half or in the end zone there, those aren't things like, you know, on the stat sheet it's okay, but, like, when the coach thinks about it and after watching the film, he's going to go, damn, can I trust him? I don't know, right? Sam Darnold looked sharp, and I agree with you that the talk out of Shanahan's mouth is a little bit more glowingly when it's about Sam Darnold. But, you know, come out, throws a ball on the, you know, on the money right up the right sideline, had a few other throws. Hey, he's played the game before. He's been on some crappy teams, so he hasn't been able to show himself that way, Mike. But I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was a good decision in the fact that let Trey Lance be the backup or the guy that plays first in the first game because of what you just talked about. Let's not start such a kerfuffle and everybody, how could Sam Darnold start over Trey Lance where, like, everyone's rooting against Sam Darnold right away because of that little issue. I think, one, hey, do Trey Lance, throw him out there, see how he reacts to the pressure. Sam Darnold, it's a little less pressure for him. 
And I don't know. There's a part of me, too, that thinks the 49ers would still love to showcase Trey Lance and maybe trade him. That's just where my mind goes. I have no inside info of that, but that's just where my mind goes in this situation. I think that the 49ers have a habit of putting too much value when it comes to potentially trading their quarterbacks. They want more than they're ever going to get. I don't disagree. I think back to late August, early September of 2016. My God, it's already been seven years when Teddy Bridgewater suffers the torn ACL and the Vikings give up a one and a four to get Sam Bradford from the Eagles and the Eagles immediately pivot to Carson Wentz. If there is a serious injury to a quarterback during training camp or the preseason, and it would be more likely in the preseason because that's where they get hit. And remember with Bridgewater, it was he got injured, I believe, in the preseason game, and the knee just went in the non-contact situation. Right. You get a guy injured, however it happens, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're offering a first-round pick for Trey Lance. Maybe. I don't know. If you get a team, the right team, a team that thinks it's a contender and is all of a sudden desperate, Maybe you get a first-round pick for Trey Lance. And then you just go with Brandon Allen, the former backup in Cincinnati. There was a point a few weeks ago where Shanahan mused about the possibility of keeping four quarterbacks on the 53-man roster. That's right. So maybe you do. You know, and he's, he's clammed up about that when he was asked about it later. You don't want to make it look like you're trying to move Trey Lance because if you create that impression, you get less yeah, for him. It's 100%. a very basic negotiating posture. You want to make it look like you're committed to him, you're keeping him, and the only way you're going to move him is if you make me an offer I can't refuse. And I think it really does come down to injury. I don't think there's going to be a team that throws its hands in the air and says, we got to go get Trey Lance. Although, although, let me say this, Chris. Yeah, yeah. The backup quarterbacks in Buffalo don't look good. Now, Matt Barkley had a good statistical day. But Kyle Allen was supposed to supplant Barkley as the number two. Yeah. Kyle Allen has struggled. That ain't Wouldn't happen. Trey Lance make a hell of a lot of sense as the backup to Josh Allen? Him? Just given playing style, right? Not a dramatic change from one sure. offense to the yeah. other. If if Allen would get injured, yeah, not that Lance can do things the way Allen can, but if you're looking for a spot for him to possibly flourish, and and it's not a starting job. Yeah, that would be a spot. That, that would that's just one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, but I you know I I think you hit it right where this will have to be probably some sort of injury to your football team, you know whether it's your starter or even your backup, and you then want to bring Trey Lance. They're not going to get you know a first round pick no matter what at this point. But you know yeah I don't hold it out of the possibility. It just just. I, I, hey, Shanahan and Lynch are aggressive. They're always looking to improve their football team somehow, some way. And if they think Brock Purdy's the future and they think, damn, Sam Darnold's really damn good too, and he could also be the future, let alone a great backup, and Brandon Allen's not a bad third stringer, I, I just feel like knowing that crew, they, they'll, they'll look for options. And if there's a possibility to move them, it, it would not shock me if they did. But I think uh, it, the things would have to fall the right way to, to how you explained it. And I've look. I've, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to be accused of jinxing. But we, it, it wouldn't take that much effort to list the quarterbacks. That if if something would happen and they'd be lost for the year, you start looking at other depth charts, and Trey Lance's name is going to pop up. There, the, you know, the, there's there's a, a cluster of teams that if they lost their starting quarterback between now and week one, or really between now and the trading deadline. If they lost their starting quarterback for the year, the 49ers are a team that's going to be getting a phone call to see what they would want for Trey Lance. All right, uh, let's flip it over to the Raiders because 
we've been concerned about their backups. It's far more important for them to have capable backups because we know from experience we've got the Jimmy G injury graphic. We almost need a second page for the Jimmy G injury graphic. Aiden O'Connell got the start yesterday for the Raiders. Garoppolo did not play, as mentioned previously. Aiden O'Connell, pretty damn good. 15 of 18 passes uh, completed for the fourth-round pick from Purdue, 141 yards and a touchdown. And he had a great throw down the sideline that the receiver ultimately didn't didn't uh, hold on to that would have had him 16 for 18. But uh, Aiden O'Connell looked the part. Where number four? Yeah. Derek Carr. Oh, Derek Carr's got to be pissed. Immediately reissue number four. <laughs> and Aiden O'Connell, uh, that throw down the sideline looked better than anything I ever saw to Derek Carr. Uh, damn, how dare you say that? You, you disrespectful jerk you there. Uh, you, uh, how dare you? Sorry. But, <laughs> but Aiden O'Connell was impressive, right? You know, I, I one, he's their kind of guy. He's a New England, you know, stand in the pocket, big, make a decision, balls, a, you know, it's a tight window, so what, throw it in there. That's what he did at Purdue. You know, he was coached well there by Brom, right, Coach Brom, so they know how to throw the ball. He knows how to make decisions. You know, Aiden O'Connell was one of those where, yeah, Mike, you know, I didn't make him a top five quarterback in my uh, pre-draft rankings, but he was somebody I talked about in in my podcast when I talked about the quarterback because, yeah, still, like we talk about all the time, size is a skill. The ability to stand in there, make throws, make the right decisions, he showed that in college. It's not wowing, but it's damn good. And, yeah, they need him to get going. Like you just said, they got Mr. Glass as the starting quarterback. And then Brian Hoyer came in last year to be a backup quarterback and got hurt in Green Bay in the first damn, second damn drive of the game. So I'm sure they're a little bit like, wow, our backup's not exact. He's getting old, too. Can we trust him? And that's where Aiden O'Connell needs to be ready. They need to get him those reps. That was a good, really good start for him. Yeah, and uh, this is the guy that, the regime handpicks coming out of school. Josh McDaniels coaches him up. This is where you have an investment in him. You can turn him into something. He yeah. wasn't quite pick 199 sixth round like Tom Brady, but fourth round is largely overlooked in comparison to some of these other guys, and maybe they can turn Aiden O'Connell into the guy that, that really becomes the long-term answer, and you get those three years out of him at the very, very low rookie wage scale price, and you can spend money on others and try to turn your team into a contender. They got a lot of work to do in that division with the Chargers, oh, the Broncos, man, and the Chiefs, yeah. and they, they need to find their own franchise quarterback, and maybe you Maybe you develop him. And we see it's a long way to go. It's a long way to go. But so far, so good for the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell. Derek Carr played yesterday in the early game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He played one drive through a touchdown pass. Here's Carr after the game on how it felt to be wearing a Saints uniform. For them putting on, you know, black and gold, you know, for the first time, it was probably a little weird because when I put that uniform on and I, I went in the mirror to, you know, fit, I was like, Jake walked up. He's like, that looks weird. <laughs> you know, he said, I was like, I know, bro. I've been in the same place for nine years. But uh, it may look weird, but it felt right, you know. Um, you know, I told DA that earlier this week. I just feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated. Um, and, and to put that uniform on and, you know, come out and be a saint, um, it felt really good. All right, well, we'll see how it goes. I, uh, I, I know that Carr has – Carr's kind of like a Kirk Cousins where you know what he's going to do and you know what he's not going to do. I really feel that way. And uh, they're in a very wide-open division. They could be very successful this year. 
let's see what happens if and when they get to the playoffs. That's where Derek Carr has a chance, Chris, to change the narrative. A la Rich Gannon, the former Raiders quarterback. We've talked about that recently. That's one guy that found a way in his 30s to reach a higher level of performance. That's what we wonder whether we're going to get from Derek Carr this year in New Orleans or Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, hey, Carr looked really comfortable. Carr looked like a machine, right? They've done right by trying to get the best out of Derek Carr. You know, bringing John Gruden in there, it's the same offense. So he looked decisive, knew where he wanted to go with the ball. He was sharp. That was all good. And what I'll say for Derek Carr, too, is – you know, the, the Saints, I'm, you know, I know you're like me too here. I'm really interested to see what they are. We know the D is legit. We know that. The O-line's damn good. And I, I'm not sure this isn't the best supporting cast Derek Carr's had around him in his career on the offensive side of the ball when you really think about it. Right, Mike? I mean, I don't know if I'm crazy to say that. That O-line, Michael Thomas, Olave, Rashid Shaheed, you know, we saw Jawan Johnson twice on that highlights, the tight end over the middle. I mean, they got some ballers here. Kamara's going to be gone for a few weeks. Okay, but they'll make do. That's where, you know, they're, they're one of these teams that's flying under the radar that I know you and I both agree could be one of those teams that pops up when we're going, damn, the Saints are good halfway through the year. Somebody in the NFC South is going to win that division and host a playoff game. They were packed as tightly together as they could be last year with one team 8-9 and nine and the other three 7-10. and 10. Somebody, who knows, is somebody going to run away with it or is it just going to be the same thing? Sink to the bottom and somebody ends up being floating on top. I don't know. But the Saints have an equal chance in my mind going into the season as the Falcons, Panthers, and Buccaneers do to win that division. But a lot of it depends upon Carr. And look, Carr can get you. Carr can get you. To the playoffs. He can win the division for you. He can help make that difference between eight and nine bucks and seven and ten Saints. He can make you nine and eight, ten and seven, eleven and six. But is he going to win games for you when it's time to go to the postseason? That's going to be the real question. If the Saints make it to the playoffs, and who knows? Before you know it, we'll we'll you know, season hasn't started yet, but we know what happens, Chris. Once you strap into the roller coaster ride, before you know it. We'll know. Oh, we'll know yeah, we know. Once we go, you'll be great you'll be making fun of Derek Carr's accent at some point, and you'll be "I love no, you, I, I love you not" I with her cousins and all the craziness. Oh, I guess start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I don't make fun of his accent. I just point out that for certain players, like he and Aaron Rodgers, there's this Southern accent that just kind of pops up in unexpected moments well and, he is southern um, he does have an excuse he is from texas right right <laughs> but but he talks most of the time as if he's not from texas and then the twang just kind of comes up out of nowhere no look i i uh i think based upon the video that we saw of Derek carr today there's uh, another thing that we may mention from time to time on a day when i'm feeling more indiscreet and uh less less tactful i'll save that for another day damn i don't even know i didn't do. notice it, it has it. something to it has hair? something to do with the with the very very dark black shade of uh, you're Johnny all, Cash you're, you're like the hair police that. over there. You're always all over everybody. I, I just notice things. <laughs> I just notice things. Are you just Look, jealous? I, you can make your hair dark too. They have just for men for you. No, these lights. Hey, these lights. <laughs> these lights do the trick for me. Okay, yeah, get away from these lights. And uh, I'm George Clooney, at least in the hair. Nowhere else. It's just a little. It looks like you know he saw some grays. And he decided before this gets out of control, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to uh, 
pick up a box of Just for Men. You better watch it. You saw his guns last week on social media. They weren't calling him Derek Carr. They're calling him Derek Truck. Now, you better watch it. He'll come kick your ass. You better not make fun of his hair too much. I'm 58. Remember, I'm less than two years away from being legally protected against elder abuse, which means I will be even more Damn. of an ass. Well, let's get it in now, Derek Carr. June let's gang up on this 20, old guy while we can get him. Now's your chance, Derek. Come yeah. get me while you can. I'll help you, and Derek. Look, I, 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 I would be lying if I said I didn't use some uh, chemical uh, enhancement to uh, hold my hair at a certain level. I tried that for a little while, and I realized, you know, there's nothing good comes from it. This was the ultimate realization I had. Nothing good comes from it because once you start, you can't stop. Because when you stop, what happens? All of a sudden, there's this stark out of nowhere. You became grandpa overnight. It's better to gradually become grandpa instead of all of a sudden you're in your 70s and you're stuck with this jet black hair that you've been sporting for 30 years, and then I'd rather I'd rather let it happen slowly than than have to deal with it if I live that long in my 70s. No, yeah, I think it's Very the way to go. I'm, I'm with you, Grandpa Florio. I'm, I'm right there with you. Thank you. Thank no you. Problem. Feeling like a grandpa. After chasing around my little nephew. Don't mess with him right there. Months old. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. Bring it on, Derek. Bring it on. Don't, don't, bring, don't bring those guns <laughs> to a gunfight. He'd your ass in um, four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> As are popcorn muscles. Those are popcorn muscles. He doesn't know how to fight. I fight dirty. I'm Italian. I'll, I, I, those guns are good. Remember, who was it that said... Was it Brandon Marshall that said Joey Porter has popcorn muscles? I think it I think was. it was, right. I don't know what he was yeah. talking about that one. That was crazy to say that. That's, that's yeah. one guy yeah. I would not say that to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Derek Carr, you bring your popcorn muscles around here, and, uh, yeah, I'll try to make it five seconds. Okay. Uh, okay, let's take a break. Uh, we'll recap some other storylines from the weekend that was with a game of word association. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. And it's a, it's a blessing to have Coach Payton. And uh, the knowledge that he gives us every day, what he teaches us, what he, what he pushes us on and, um, as a collective effort uh, to dream come true, I think that he's just uh, he's a um, you know, Hall of Fame coach, a guy that you know, we, we believe in, and, uh, and really the whole coaching staff. We're really excited about you know, the people that are teaching us every day. And that's what this game's about, so learn as much as you can, be a sponge, um, learn as much as you can, and, and, uh, and then come uh, regular season, get after it. Thank you, guys. Go Broncos. Ho, ho, whoa, whoa. Let's Ride is dead. Oh, no, it's dead. Oh, my gosh. It's been dead. Oh, I my heard. gosh. I heard it's been dead. Oh, wow. 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 It just shows you how much I've been paying attention to the Broncos. Let's Ride has died. Wow. Wow. That should have been top of the He wants a new one. look, man. He wants a new look. Let's wow. Ride. I mean, that, that, Broncos. That, that thing didn't ride last year. That, that thing, you know, just fell, fell down and died. So he's, he's got to come up with a new one. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, you know, as a, as a star quarterback falling farther, faster than Russell Wilson last year, and who knows whose fault it was, but to the extent that 
it was Russell Wilson. We're going to find out this year with Sean Payton as the head coach. And we talked earlier, and we're going to get into a game of word association here, but we talked earlier about every coach has his own plan for his team about what he needs. He knows Russell Wilson needs to get out there and play in this new offense to just kind of get past what happened last year. So first thing that comes to mind, based upon the first look we saw, Chris, of Russell Wilson in the Sean Payton offense. I the thing that uh, I want to say coming into shape would be like the 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 what I want to talk about and one because yes the offense but the thing that jumped out to me more than anything and I know people had talked about this but this is the first time I got to really see it was Russell Wilson lost weight Russell Wilson's inner thighs don't rub together anymore. Russell Wilson looks like a different oh guy. Yeah. Oh All right. What a- <laughs> he was thick. There's no sound made yeah, when he nah, walks in his yeah, pants. There's no. not as much rubbage. There's not as much chafage yeah. down there anymore. But I think that's one thing Sean Payton got him into. Was hey man, you need to be quicker. Your movement still needs to be a thing. You know, <laughs> you moving around the pocket and doing that. And he definitely lost weight. And within that, looked quicker, looked faster. And I thought even the 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 processing between his brain and just getting the ball out of his hands and the way he threw it that way, I thought looked quicker. So you can tell Sean Payton's had an effect on on Russell Wilson already. That that is a very real phenomenon too. When I was younger, I was larger and I had some pants that got ruined, not because of holes in the knees or, you know, other damage, but because of the zoop zoop yeah. zoop leaving no material, leaving holes eventually in your jeans there. But yes, he did look good. They look, they 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 didn't do much in the first few drives. They put together the touchdown drive. There it is, fourth and four to Jerry Judy to score the touchdown. I missed a field look, goal. Two field goals. We're right, down right? we're yeah. down in the bar. Yeah, we're down in the bar watching this game, and I looked up and I see Russell Wilson still in at six fifty-four left in the second quarter. I mean, that, look, Sean Payton is tra- acceleration is the word that I would say. Sean Payton is trying to accelerate. Russell Wilson's adaptation to the Broncos' offense. you got to get him ready for week one when they play, I think, the Raiders right out of the gates. That's a winnable game, in theory. you got to get him ready, and the only way to get him ready is to get him out there in game situations. Acceleration of Russell Wilson's adjustment to the Peyton offense. Yeah, that's right. Like, here, here was the one that we, we know. We saw the starters. They, he didn't give a damn. Preseason one, nope. We got to get used to Sean Payton way of life. Offense, get in shape, be physical. You know, you mentioned it. They're in the AFC, the AFC West. You got to hit the ground running. You know, you start out one and three in the AFC, you might be done. Who knows? It's, it's just so much talent. But, yeah, I liked it. I mean, he, you know, I thought he looked really damn good. It wasn't perfect, like you said. They had two drives where, you know, hey, field goal's going to be field goal kicker is going to be something that's going to be scrutinized there a little bit in Denver after after that performance. But then gets the all out blitz, hits Jerry Judy, and they got something they can coach and work on and build on there. And I think that should be you know encouraging for Sean Payton and company. Um, all right. Uh, next up, we'll move on to the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, first look at him as QB one in the preseason. He played in the past in the preseason because Aaron Rodgers never did. That's the big difference for the Packers this year. You've got a starting quarterback that's out there in the first preseason game doing what he has to do to get himself ready for week one. So what's your word or words that come to mind when we see the first look at Jordan Love 
in the preseason as the starter for the Packers. Me likey, okay? Me likey what I saw, all right? Yep, that's English for today. That's what I did. I liked it, right? And this is what, to me, one, hey, the kid's got physical talent. He does not look like, you know, the lights are too bright or anything. This was his one, or no, it wasn't this throw. I think it's the next throw. He had one missed throw where he missed a wide open tight end on a third down crossing route. But even on that, I liked it because he let it go. But he he showed me movement. Look at that, Mike. Dropping down sidearm, throwing it to a little window here. And then, of course, this throw, just putting it up in a spot where his guy Dobbs can go up and get it. Uh, You know, I thought all of it was very good from Jordan Love. And he had a few throws where he let it go, where I went, ooh, there's the fastball. He's got to continue to work on that. But I I like the potential of this Green Bay offense. And I, you know, I know we've said that. I think people are sleeping on him. One of the complaints you had about Trey Lance when he got started, he had that one speed, one throw all the time, fastball. You need to vary it, and that's what we're seeing from Jordan Love. And we're seeing a mastery, and he's been able to sit for three years. I I think that we need to give the kid time. He's the only person in this whole drama in Green Bay that you should feel sorry for because he's the only one who got drafted into that situation. And he never created a problem, never said a word, never made any waves during the past three years, never asked to be traded, just just dealt with it. And now we're seeing the, the fruits of what he's learned right. on the bench, working with Aaron Rodgers. He's had access for three years to Aaron Rodgers. So uh, with all due respect to our good friend Adam Shine, who said not that long ago Jordan Love can't play football, and he was doing it for effect, Jordan Love can play football. We saw that he, Friday yeah. night, and we're going to see it week one. And I think the Packers will be better. I think the NFC North is almost as wide open as the NFC South. The only difference is we've already anointed we collectively, the Lions as the champions, which I think is a mistake. I agree. I think the NFC North is wide open, almost as wide open as the NFC South. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I would. And I think when you take complete rosters, there's an argument to be made that Green Bay still has the most complete roster in that division. You know, we know their D's good. Their O-line's good. They got two running backs. They got two young tight ends that are damn good. They got the receivers. And, then, and hey, he went seven for ten. And, Courtney, I know we got some B-roll of, of, the, of two incompletions. Two of them, you know, they weren't even that bad. You know, he has one down the left sideline where he throws to Christian Watson, who we know can fly, right? And he's got uh, DJ Turner beat. Dax Hill does a great job. The Jesse Bates replacement gets over there. I mean, that ball, it's, it's going to fall on Christian Watson's hands here. So it wasn't like, oh, this incompletion was bad or anything like that. That was a good throw. That was just a hell of a play by the safety, and he's going to learn to like keep his eyes down the middle of the field and not let that guy jump over there too fast. Here was the other throw I was talking about, Mike. I like this throw because, one, I love to see the fastball, but, two, I also want to go, hey, you know, get used to a net. You can't miss that in the regular season. A guy that open on third and seven, that's got to be a machine slam dunk throw, first down, move on. It was the first drive of the game. I'm sure nerves played into that a little bit, uh, but hopefully he doesn't miss those, you know, too often. Last one. We got our first look at Justin Fields and DJ Moore together, and uh, it, it was a short pass and a 62-yard explosion by Moore. What was your 
reaction to that, Chris? Give me a word or a phrase. Well, I mean, perfection is what that the, the whole thing was there. And I just mean that because, one, I mean, Justin Fields went three for three for 129 yards, and I don't think he threw the ball past four yards, right? This was a long screen pass. but It, it just shows you the capabilities and the explosiveness this group has. You know, DJ Moore is – he is a superstar, and if you look at his stats through the first four or five years of his career, it's up there with the all-time greats of the sport, and he hasn't even had a good quarterback or offense around him. But between this, their ability to run, Fields' ability to run, Chase Claypool like we've talked about, Darnell Mooney, and the Bears could be the big play Bears this year. They have that type of potential, so they, they should be pumped up in the Windy City. My reaction, it's a trap. And that is a message to all the defenses out there. You see the screen pass to Moore, the screen pass to Khalil Herbert, who went 56 yards for a touchdown. They're getting all those defensive coordinators to think that that's what they're going to do. And then when the games roll around, what's going to happen? Fields is going to light them up deep. That's what I think this was. Now, it's great that the guy takes it and takes off, and it makes it even more of a threat. And maybe they'll reconsider. But I think they're doing all that short stuff because when it's time to play – They're not showing any of Justin Fields getting the ball down the field. They're going to hold that until week one. And these plays being successful is going to draw defenses up. It's going to make it easier to get the ball down the field. But wait for week one. We're going to see Justin Fields, I believe, throwing the ball down the field. All right, we're going to take a break. After their first preseason game against the Steelers, has a leader emerged in the Buccaneers quarterback competition? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. For the most part, I think it went smooth. Uh, game felt, uh, you know, just operation-wise, everything felt smooth. What we were looking for, um, I think we were pretty dialed in for the most part. Like I said, the, the penalties and stuff we need to clean up. But, yeah, getting back out there for the first time, uh, it was good. So it, it'll be nice to go on the road to see how we, we handle a little bit of crowd noise. So it'll be good. Baker Mayfield on his debut with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers played four series through a touchdown pass in his first game in Tampa. He played without six starters on offense. Look, 
this thing seems to be pointing toward Mayfield based upon some of the reporting last week from Ira Kaufman, who has covered the Buccaneers forever. Some of the things Todd Bowles, the head coach, has said, they know who the starter is going to be. I don't know whether they're playing some sort of a political game because they used a second-round pick on Kyle Trask, but it feels like it's going to be Mayfield. They've created the impression it's more open. I don't get that side of it because, Chris, at some point, you got to just give the ball to the guy who your starter is going to be and get him ready. Quit giving first-team reps to the guy that's not going to be the starter. You're wasting opportunities to get your quarterback ready for week one. Uh, well, I, you know, I, 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 I'm with you. I'm all about framing it. You know that for the starter, right? Baker Mayfield being the new guy. Maybe they just want to make sure Kyle Trask is the guy that the regime, you know, drafted. They've seen him work hard and do the right things to, you know, at least earn the chance to compete here, right? Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't think it'll go on much longer. And Baker Mayfield played really well the other night. I mean, hey, the, any of those issues, it wasn't Baker Mayfield. Their old line is nothing special. But, I mean, this touchdown pass, this was phenomenal. He made some big throws after this after this touchdown on the next drive. You know, took care of the football. I think that's the thing that, you know, is going to be big, too, that they just want to see. Baker's been a little bit of a gunslinger, right? So maybe this is why they want to keep the quarterback competition as well. Todd Bowles, I think they want to run the ball, play defense, and take a calculated risk shot down the field from time to time. And Baker Mayfield has not always been trustworthy in that department. So maybe that's what they're trying to to get him to do, to earn that trust there uh, and just continue to play the way he did the other night. Yeah, and, you know, one of the narratives that emerged not that long ago, the idea that Trask may have a leg up because he takes care of the football and the days of no risk at no biscuit are over. And maybe this is just some sort of a way to get Mayfield to be more careful. That's what I was, yeah, that's what crossed my mind. Yeah, but... But I really feel like it's going to be Mayfield at this point. And if Ira Kaufman is reporting it, I'll take it to the bank. That's the team he covers. That's the team he's covered for years. And he was he was as close to being completely unequivocal as he could be that it's going to be Mayfield in three weeks and six days when they go up to Minnesota to take on the Vikings to start the season. And they'd be wise to get themselves ready because they don't know what they're going to get from Brian Flores' defense. They need to get Mayfield ready so he's able to go out there and dictate to that defense instead of have that defense dictate to him yeah that's right and uh, they need Tristan Wirfs out there their interior part of their old line certainly worth questioning they didn't play Mike Evans or Chris Godwin so he was out there with the backups at receiver position there so that's never easy as well you know the Steelers had a smattering of starters and backups in the football game altogether. Uh, but I thought it was an encouraging start for them it's just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that O-line develops. We'll see how he takes to the offense. And we'll see if that defense still got some life in it. You know, we know they still got some players over there. How good are they? Are they going to be dominant like they were, you know, the Super Bowl the year after? Are they just going to be okay? I don't know. There's some things to question there. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see with the Bucks as well. We're going to take a break. When we return, we're going to hand out some superlatives for week one of the preseason. It's preseason for them. It's preseason for us, too. we got to get back in the superlatives groove. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this.
All right, week one of the preseason in the books. Time for some superlatives. Chris, you are up. Ideally, something we haven't talked about yet, but if you want to overlap, I won't hold it against you. We're in preseason mode as well. No, I, I, I'm uh, I'm not going to overlap. we got enough to talk about here. This, this is great. I, I love this. And like uh, my first superlative is going to be like the joystick award. I mean, the Madden award. The, you know, break your ankles award by Kenny no, I should say it's Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, and then George George Pickens. What the hell is his first name? I'm just uh, blanking on his first name. Uh, Wait, this really is the preseason. Yeah, right. I'm getting used to it. But either way, let's show the damn highlight because Pickens. <laughs> and first off, Pickett was phenomenal. I think the Steelers won the award for best first drive of the year. I mean, to just march down the field and score a touchdown, Pickett looked really good. But this move right here by Pickens, what? To look right like that, get his whole body going that way, and then jam his right leg into the ground and shake 34? Dude is special. We didn't see a whole lot of yak from him last year, Mike. Man, they get yak from him to go along with all the 50-50 ball stuff and all that. Watch out for him this year. It's exactly what you said last week. Can he take a slant to the house? Can he get through traffic when he has the ball in his hands in a shallow zone? We saw it right there. It wasn't quite a shallow zone, but the idea that he can take his whole body in that one direction and put the defensive back on the ground, that's that's a skill that can't be taught, and that's a thing that puts him in position to be an elite receiver. All right, uh, this one. um, Take that, Eli Manning. Remember the helmet catch and Eli Manning was in the clutches and worked his way free before he unleashed the ball to David Tyree. Here's Nathan Rourke, Jaguars quarterback. He's got time as a receiver as well. He's played up in Canada. He talked to Peter King about this play and how his Canadian experience helped. But look at this. He is swallowed up. I don't know how he stays up. He gets hit again. And as he's going down on the third try, he throws a touchdown pass. Patrick Mahomes appreciate appreciating that one. I mean, look at that. We, we showed the clip last week of Deion Sanders with his punt return touchdown in his first NFL game where somehow he didn't end up on the ground. It's shades of that as well. Yeah, no. He should have been down three different times, and right. then he just calmly throws a spiral for a touchdown yeah, pass. Yeah, hell of a play. Maybe maybe the play of the, the weekend right there, really. It, it, it was amazing. I mean, um, I'm one shock they didn't call him like in the grasp, right? They never call that anymore. I don't know. They never call I, that anymore. Unless like, the guy stops. Yeah, I know. I still like am expecting it because they're so careful with the quarterbacks. And then the other amazing thing not, is not the guys. Not the guys. Nobody cares about. Yeah, you're right. They never stop that. <laughs> and then the other amazing thing is, I mean, does does Patrick Mahomes does, does he miss a sporting event? I mean, he is all over <laughs> every damn sporting event. If he's not playing football or working out, he's watching it. I mean, it's unreal. He is some sportsman. Um. All right, my turn here. Um, back to, yes. I'm going to use the superlative of water under the bridge. Okay. Because that is Nate Sudfeld's backup career with the Detroit Lions. Oh, that's spirited. And now we have a bridge to water. Nate Sudfeld literally like was like, like he proved to the lions. Hey, good thing. You signed that guy last week to replace me. I just want to make sure you feel good and comfortable about it. I'm going to throw two bad interceptions against the Giants, so there's just no doubt that Bridgewater was the right right guy to sign. I, and that was just kind of unbelievable to me. You know they signed him because of you. 
your one thing should be like take care of the ball more than anything. And I'm not even that guy. You know I like aggressive. But in that situation, you got to understand the circumstances a little bit. He officially relegated him to third string or himself to third string after that. Well, maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe it's like Costanza trying to get fired by the Mets so he can go work for the Yankees, right? Like, let's accelerate this. Don't don't hold me until the cuts in a couple of weeks. Cut me now. Let me be <laughs> so bad in this game. You cut me now so I can land somewhere else. I'm being sarcastic and facetious, but it may accelerate the process. They may not wait around to get rid of Nate Sudfeld. Now that they have Teddy Bridgewater and they got Hendon Hooker on the roster as well behind yep. Jared Goff, it could be that... Sudfeld is gone this week off to go somewhere else to try to hold on to a spot on the depth chart. Again, I'm, I'm kidding, but maybe I'm not next up for the Rams. Look what we found. And it's too early to know what Stetson Bennett's going to be fourth round pick. That surprised everyone when he ran it, went in round four. And of course the narrative was, well, you know, the people who really know football know that he was a, a higher prospect than the draft experts were saying round six, round seven, he looked good. He, right out of the gates, like a 17-play drive. Yeah. He threw 29 passes for the game. He was in there for seven total drives. He just, he looks the part. And that's all the Rams can hope for is they're preparing at some point to move on from Matthew Stafford, the second oldest starting quarterback in the NFL entering the 2023 season. Yeah, uh, listen, he, he, can, he can be a backup. He can run the offense. He's played a ton. He's experienced, big game situations, you know, understands how to play the position and run an offense that way. Obviously smart. McVay will give you answers for everything as long as you're willing to work. He'll have you programmed, just pick up this blitz, audible to this, here's a hot route, whatever, as long as you can take that. And that's where Stetson Bennett, uh, people liked him. It was the... The guys who knew, hey, wait, I got an offense. There's a lot to my offense, so I need a guy that can process it all and and run the show out there. And that's what he's capable of, you know. Now we see, can he do a little bit above and beyond that? I don't know. We'll watch the rest of the preseason to see what he can do as far as playmaking ability. But I'm with you. It was sharp and polished, and certainly looked like he belonged there on uh, what was that Saturday night, the Rams Chargers game. Yeah, and there's that that Shanahan similarity where you exactly. just want a guy who runs your right. offense. Right. I, give me a guy who will run my offense and do what I would do if I was out there. And basically we have a connected brain and what I you know what I think he picks up on it and he does it. Exactly. By the time we get into the game setting right. you know, it's exactly what I want. Right. You got anything else? We, we we probably don't have a whole lot of time no. for us to take a break. No. Let I'm, me do this. Let yeah. me do this before we go to break. Yeah. Let me do this. Cool. Uh and this was great. This was this was next level trolling by Garrett Wilson of Sean Payton. And remember the whole Jets Broncos thing from a couple of weeks ago, and they play week five. Sean Payton's rules, what he doesn't want to see on the sideline in a preseason game. He doesn't want to see the uniforms off after you're done playing. He doesn't want to see sunglasses. He wants no Gilligan hats, and he wants no interviews during the game. Garrett Wilson of the Jets managed to violate all four rules in one fell swoop. (laughs) No uniform on, giving an interview, sunglasses, and Gilligan hat. Yes, Garrett Wilson. Do you think it was deliberate Perfect. or just coincidental? Yes. You do. I think it was deliberate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't get all those things. Sunglasses, because it wasn't even all that sunny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're Gilligan right. Gilligan hat. You're right. You don't need the Gilligan hat when you're playing a night game. <laughs> I think that was all a middle finger to Sean Payton. And, and uh, week five is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll remember 
why the Jets and the Broncos have their acrimony. I have a feeling that we'll be part of the effort to remind you know everyone it. of well, it we'll remind as them. week five approaches. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We need no reminders of DeMar Hamlin. He was back in game action for the first time since he suffered his on-field cardiac arrest. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Dar Hamlin was on the field on Saturday for the first time since he suffered cardiac arrest versus the Bengals on January 2nd. Here is Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott on the return of DeMar Hamlin to game action. What we just witnessed um, to me is remarkable. It really is. Um, It's a true sign of a young man's courage and obviously everyone that helped him get to this point. I know there's a football game going out, going on out there today, but I mean, truly remarkable um, display of courage and strength and faith. And look, the courage really culminates in going back on the field and putting yourself in a situation where you have to wonder at some level, because yeah, it was a fluke and it rarely happens. Commodio Cordis, the very rare, but still, still, it happens situation where you get struck in the chest and your heart stops is it just that or is there something about me am i going to find out the hard way again that it's going to happen to me how do you muster the will to go out there he did and he didn't think about it and he's back on the field and he looked good and one thing peter king pointed out today you know he's in a fight for a roster spot right and it looks like he played well enough on Saturday to prove he belonged. Yeah, that's right. He got in the game pretty, you know, quickly or, or pretty early in the football game. You know, we know Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are the starting safeties there. I was interested to see where he would fit in, right? But Demar Hamlin, I mean, courage, right? faith, whatever else you want to say, and then I think also just the love of football, like you and I discussed so much. You know, a lot of these guys love playing the game. Yeah, you, you know, I'm sure there were doubts and how is this going to work out and everything like that, but the love of the game, you know, gets you through that, and it was great to see him out there, and, you know, like we said, I think a few weeks ago, it's a position in a game where you can't hesitate. You got to be kind of crazy and no thinking and let me just, hey, when I see a guy, I just got to go tackle him. I can't go, ooh, wait, I had this problem or that problem. And it seems like he's tackled a lot of those demons and we're on the up and up and I'm I'm really happy for him. Here's what he had to say after the game on whether or not there was any hesitation when it was time to go play. When you step in between them lines, you're putting yourself at risk by hesitating and by reserving yourself you know what I'm saying so you know I I made the choice that I wanted to play you know it wasn't nobody else's choices but mine so making that choice I know what comes with it you know what I'm saying so when you see my cleats laced up with my helmet and shoulder pads on there ain't gonna be no hesitation you know what I'm saying because you can't play that you can't play this game like that you'll put yourself at more risk by hesitating so you know I'm out there I'm just not thinking twice I'm just playing my game and playing how I was taught to play since I was my little brother's age He's got the right mindset. He's got the only mindset you can have and continue to thrive at the NFL level. And that unofficial depth chart that the Bills issued last week, it shows Micah Hyde as the starter, Cam Lewis, or DeMar Hamlin as the second string, which, again, it sends a message. One of them has to win that job. The other one will be in danger of not being on the roster. But so far, so good for DeMar Hamlin uh, in his preseason debut. 
And uh, I, I think the Bills want to keep him. Yeah. I, th- this is the challenge. You have certain personalities on your team, certain people that you want to pay attention to the name on the back of the jersey. But in constructing your final roster, you got to rip the name off the back of the jersey and make objective assessments, Chris. Right. No, it, it's never easy. you, you got to make sure you're making decisions that are right for your football team, not because of something that happened in the past or you feel bad for this person personally or whatever. That's where it is tough. But as it looks right now, he's earning his place here on the football field. It's not because they feel bad for him. And the way he looked on, on Saturday, he keeps doing that. He will make the roster, and he will be the backup safety. Quick break. We'll wrap up this Monday edition of PFT Live right after this. How about this one? Saints kicker Blake Group. Here was his day on Sunday. Step one, get questioned walking onto the field pregame for not having credentials. Two, hit the game-winning field goal. Three, get stopped by security thinking I was a fan when trying to walk out the player exit. That's just great. And hey, this is the time of year where you got 90 guys on the roster. Yeah, there's going to be some guys that they look at and they say, yeah. are they on the team? Yeah, Apparently right. they thought more than once. Is yeah. this guy on the team? That's right. I mean, yeah, hey, I'm sitting there. Can you throw that graphic back up there again? I mean, I'm looking at him sitting there right there going, I, I mean, that doesn't even look like a real picture. That looks like some guy who stood in like one of those mannequins and just put his neck in. That can't be a real football player up there. That's not a real guy, so I can't blame security. But, you know, plenty of kickers and punters look like that. I remember when we were at the 49ers-Vikings uh, game, after we got kicked off the field despite having credentials, and then when we were back on for halftime or postgame or something like that, it was late in the game, and it was the 49ers punter whose name escapes me because I really don't know – the names of many punters and it's like he it just looks like a guy like so many punters and kickers they just look like regular guys yeah. they just have a freakishly strong leg and yeah Blake they do Group they falls they, into that category that's right they're elastic and they can kick that damn ball that's for sure every now and then you get one that looks like a freaky athlete but that's that's few and far between we are done for the day enjoy your monday see you tomorrow morning Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.